what happens to the apathetic many, which is these young people who basically own nothing. And that's, you know, I'm one of them. I, I basically have nothing. I have no car. I have no house, you know, and I don't think, think that I will imminently. And so what can you say to me as someone who does not have that asset to lose? I have very little to lose for the benefits of converting system to something that's more covenantal. Creating a freer society. Speaking of that kind of disenfranchisement then, how do we move from a system where we have people who have faith in the system and then people who feel totally disenfranchised and, and atomized and left out? How do we draw those younger people back into a covenantal system? Okay, let me start by just explaining what I think, in simple words, is what the covenantal system consists of. Um, we've got to have the I, I we've got to recognise that we're not things. We're, we're, I have an identity, I'm a human being, you're a human being, and therefore I've got to respect your identity, you've got to respect my identity, which is recognising the I, which is talking about the etymized world, but that's about recognising we're human beings with real identity. But you've got to superimpose on that the we, and actually recognise that we are living together. We've got to care for each other. And we've got to love each other. So you've got to, what's unique about the covenant is it, it respects both the, the identity of the I, but recognises that there has to be a loving we, otherwise we're in trouble. And people are saying, no, you, can't, you can have both. How do you do it in practice? I think now is the time because uh, we, we are looking at money and, and banking and we're about to get a collapse. How many months away? I don't, but I suspect it's within a short, relatively short period of time. You then have to regroup and look at um, digital money and actually getting it right and so putting the right set of values into this new world. Uh, and we engage with people talking about it and say, now, how should we use this information which suddenly enables us to keep hold people to account locally? So you start a conversation and you... Um, use almost a consultation the the the, the uh, uh, bank of england is currently doing a consultation on uh, central bank digital currency perfect opportunity for people to get engaged and start thinking about it you then start to say okay what could be done and then you start to build models in different areas around it now what i i realized recently which i hadn't realized is we got to build the trust and and faith is almost the backbone which enables us to to make a jump start so we start to talk about all the religions of the world working together to because they have massive and they're starting with trust whereas in, in, in it's much harder to trust when you're not showing faith but but we have got to engage with everybody it's got to be spiritual not purely based on faith but but you start with that faith and you start with these ideas and we, we need to use the network effects to actually get individuals in each of these spaces to start saying, one minute, there's another answer. It could be talking about a Jew, a Muslim, a, a, a Hindu, a, a Christian, taking these ideas into their communities. And that once they're trusted, that conversation, it, it massively mushrooms it, which is what the big companies have used to, to make money. They use, those network effects have to be used for, this, for, for our purpose. And the same thing, get leaders on the, uh, uh, who, who are not particularly faith-based, but want, are looking for meaning, for purpose, for spirituality, get them to talk to their audiences. And that, that's what the beauty of, the, of social media, we can get this happening quickly. As we saw with the Arab Spring, these things can happen very fast. Mm -hmm. These are doable. And, and the pace of the change almost, uh, the way I always see it is, is we're living in a, um, 
an era of immense opportunity. Um, I initially thought it was going back to the printing press was the last time where um, uh, there was this opportunity to suddenly communicate with huge numbers of people in an instant. I think it's actually going back further, almost 2,000 years ago, maybe even 3,000 years ago, where there were ideas. We didn't have this globalization. We had much more um, agrarian farms, and it wasn't opportunities. And there you find there were things like debt forgiveness, which is about not accumulating obligations from others towards me, but actually allowing, for example, the kings in the, in the Near East used to waive debts on their birthdays or used to waive debts on uh, when they were appointed. These concepts, which seemed crazy to us, well, we've got to have debt and you've got to always repay the debt. No, you don't. You can actually waive debt mm. on, on a cyclical basis. So we need to almost unlock that potential by starting to ask all those questions we're not being allowed to ask. This would have been, I mean, you know, it would have played very well post-pandemic had mm. somebody yeah. come up for young people with some sort of debt forgiveness program. I know that there was a, you know, a massive amount of resentment of young people towards, you know, the, the powers that be in the way in which they did not stick up for them when we were hitting basically the beginning of what was already a cost of living crisis. And then the pandemic hit and there was so little forgiveness of an idea of, um, your responsibility. Um, there was no responsibility, mutual responsibility. It was that young people had a responsibility to pay their rent and that was it. There was no responsibility back the other way. And so I suppose digging into this a little bit more, I, I want to know particularly about young people. That's kind of where my interest lies, I suppose, because in older people, you can see that there's this natural sense of the end of an economic system might bring them great hardship, great strain, great stress, because they have assets and they might lose those assets or those assets might come under threat. Now, what happens to the apathetic many, which is these young people who basically own nothing? And that's, you know, I'm one of them. I, I basically have nothing. I have no car. I have no house, you know, and I don't think, think that I will imminently. And so what can you say to me, as someone who does not have that asset to lose, I have very little to lose, for the benefits of converting system to something that's more covenantal? The answer is, you are in the vast majority. If the 1% or the 10% have the assets, 90% don't. Therefore, all you let's make democracy work. And... Um, you can do it because you start to get a movement talking about debt forgiveness. They say, I don't want a mortgage. Um, I want to work together for the common good, but I don't want to be burdened with huge amounts of debt. To, uh, and in your case, you can't even get a problem, which is crazy. And, and once people realize that, that it's a choice, it's a conscious decision to have a system based on debt. And that historically, that wasn't the model. So we're going back to, you don't have to have debt and you have to be freed. And the trouble is, that, that debt forgiveness has been harnessed by those with money. And, and, and when you forgive, you don't forget the, your debt, your student loans or whatever, mm. you forget the debts of the people who've got billions anyway. Mm. What a mad, mad system. Mm. So you've got to start this conversation about debt forgiveness and debt forgiveness for the many, not for the few. Mm, this draws us back to, I suppose, more, the more overarching theme of the conversation here, which seems to be that we've ex extended a lot of grace and mercy and faith towards people who frankly do not need it. And that those who do need it are left out in the cold, increasingly singularly united, marketized, and disenfranchised from an idea that there is any care in the system for them. So I suppose the, the kind of what we have to draw upon now, which is perhaps the kind of final 
you know, step in this journey towards a successful covenantal system is how do we engender a sense of hope, generosity, faith in people who don't have it, who feel apathetic and feel disenfranchised? Is there something that we can do that's just directly person to person when we sit down with someone in the way that we're doing now, how do we make them feel better about the way life could be? There isn't a massive policy pilot in Grimsby, but is actually just when you speak to someone, how do we on a day-to-day level enthuse them about this idea of the covenant? You've got to unlock their enthusiasm, unlock their passions. Uh, We've all been pre-programmed to think in a certain way and you've got to be free of those inhibitions um, and start the dialogue. And now is the opportunity because when you're starting with a new digital platform, you can look at the law. The law doesn't have to be this ridiculously complex gatekeeper-led system that no one understands. It doesn't work, frankly. And we should look at every basic clause. How should laws work? And start a conversation with how should law work? Well, first of all, should it, should it be a company focused on shareholders or should it be a company focused on purpose on needs of other people? Should there be debt forgiveness for the for the, for the few who got anyway or should there be debt forgiveness for, for the many? These questions you can start to ask because we can almost create a completely new framework of law that applies to everybody. And all you need to do with this, with, this, with this technology, you can start that cascade. And you told me yourself that, that you went from was it twenty thousand unheard to three hundred thousand subscribers in a relatively short period of time. This can be done. So you've got to start this network effect of getting these conversations out there, and people have to have to be unleashed, and almost the constraints have to be removed, but not with an anarchy, but with a search for meaning, for purpose, of caring for the others. It's doable, um, and and we have to start that conversation and start the dialogue, and and realize it can happen because the vast majority are not that one percent or ten percent, and therefore democracy should be made to work. And it and this illusion that we got democracy is simply not the truth. Mm-hmm.